Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Good morning. It's Monday morning. Three dudes with a view. It's sunny but cold out there, folks. I had on my heavy coat this morning. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, has entered the building, parked the bus. Good morning, Clayton. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. And let's see. We don't have Mr. York in yet. We're probably going to have him in any second, though. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's, he's he'll be here in a minute. He'll be here in a minute, we think. And we want a uh, friend of the station, Representative Scott Specky. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. All right, folks. What the big news is that uh, Columbia, Columbia Academy. Academy. Whoops, Oops, I got I got My bad. Okay, Columbia Academy uh, beat Jackson Christian Friday night. So Columbia Academy will go to what? It's the semifinals. Semifinals. Yeah, that's a, a Novary County team's done that since 2010. Uh, no, well, 2011. C- C-H, well, no, mm-hmm. let's see. All right, Central went in 12 to the state championship, got beat. Mm-hmm. Then CA, when you and I were doing the games, I think it was like 15 or 16. Remember we drove the green back? Yeah, was it 13, 14 maybe? Maybe 14. 14. Yeah, that was the last time. 14. Yeah. So it's exciting right now, Murray County. First of all, I want to say thanks to Radio uh, Clayton and you and um, uh, Taft. Taft, a uh, lot, lot, of, lot of compliments on the job you guys did. It's, it, it was an exciting football game. It, it, you it and Taft was. were having a big time. That was Taft, especially, was having a really, really good time. So yes, we, we yes he he brought the energy. I brought the play by play, and <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So uh, uh, Bulldogs came out uh, playing Jackson Christian. What was really most people don't know is last year in the playoffs uh, we had to go to Jackson Christian and Jackson Christian kind of really put it on the Bulldogs last last year and this was a little payback for them um, so uh, congratulations to our Bulldogs yes they will be playing in the semifinals and it is going to be at home again at Columbia Academy next Friday seven o'clock this yeah this Friday this Friday at seven o'clock uh, and so what we're asking is let's pack the stands uh, this is the team Middle Tennessee Christian is who they're playing Middle Tennessee Christian has lost once they've lost to South Pittsburgh who's undefeated and we all know Clayton we all know about South Pittsburgh yeah they're they're for real uh, but uh, they lost to Middle Tennessee we lost to Middle Tennessee Christian the first game of the year in quadruple overtime and we lost by basically an extra point. We had them beaten regular in the regular time, and we had a penalty that backed up an extra point to a long field goal, and it came up about a yard short. But we should have beaten them. So this is the this is the big revenge game of, of getting to break their hearts and keep and, and and bounce them out of the playoffs. So uh, seven o'clock, and I think you guys are going to broadcast it again, aren't you? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the plan. So you'll probably be on at six forty-five again on one hundred one point seven. That's it. And uh, it'll probably be you and Taft again. Uh, God willing, yes, sir. I think that it'll be the two of us. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. So hopefully we win this game, and then we have a week off for Thanksgiving, and then we'll pack the buses up and go to Chattanooga, hopefully for the state championship. Okay. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 We would play uh, if we're fortunate enough. We will play November thirtieth down in Chattanooga for the state championship. 
So wow. there you go. That, that is just that incredible. Is very exciting. Go go dog. And you look at the way they started too. I, we've been showing the broadcast one and three, one and three, and uh, been on a roll ever since. So the teams that they lost to was Middle Tennessee Christian, who finished the regular season nine and one. Uh, they're now uh, ten and one. Um, and then we lost to Friendship Christian, who's lost two games, and we've lost to Huntington, who's lost one game. And so Huntington's a really good. Football Huntington's team. probably going to win the state championship in two A. There you go. And so uh, this football team has just gotten better and better and better every week. Uh, offense is firing on all cylinders. Clayton, you could you probably saw that in the box like 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 most people did. Uh, I hadn't seen the stats. I heard after the game though that Monte Baldwin had like thirty seven carries for like two hundred and fifty four yards. Two hundred and fifty four yards. That's just unbelievable. And this is the I mean that you're getting that because the offensive line's playing so well. Yeah. Uh Connor Ross and our quarterback's getting all kinds of time to throw. He's hit a, a, another long touchdown pass, so and he missed a couple that he should have he should have completed. Yeah, he had a couple of deep ones that he overthrew, but right. or underthrew, but that last one was right on the right money. money. Uh, CJ Duro. CJ so. Duro is getting deep on people all the time. Uh and so if if everything if they just play football, if the Bulldogs will just come out and play football and eliminate some of those penalties that we saw on Friday. Um, it could be really good news here. Uh, coming next next Monday, we announced that maybe the Bulldogs are going to play for a state championship. Well, that, that would be special for sure. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Mr. York, are you there? Can you hear us? Hear us? Good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning. I can hear you, but I can't see you on the video. I think um, there's a button down there, I think, called start. Let me, let me, let me see if I start the video. There we go. There, there we go. go. There you are. Oh, you got your there's computer. That, you got your computer that pretty back. face. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. handsome gentleman. There he is. There we go. You got your computer back. Yeah, I got it back. They sent me my equipment uh, a couple of days ago, and I hooked it up and got it working again. So I don't know. I, you know, I guess people need to be aware because you got surge protection doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be protected. <laughs> oh man, and, and looks Sorry. like we had a power outage, and that's what shocked my gateway and tore it up so i had to get another one that's that's when uh we had there uh, somebody hit a, uh, it was a power pole yeah. a power pole uh about yeah. a week ago a week or so ago yeah knocked out hey, electricity hey, Scott, i was gonna say ca's doing real well but you better hope they don't hit the ceiling like tennessee hit the ceiling this weekend well, well you know well you know mr york and you bring up a great point is and, and we've been waiting for it the whole year at ca so far that they really haven't put together a complete game and we're hoping that 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 this coming friday that they put it all together one time on the field and really see how good this football team could be um but yeah you're right uh you know maybe tennessee got caught looking forward but boy, they I don't know what happened to them. They played; they didn't play to the level of expectations at all. You know? well, well, they didn't play like a top twenty-five football team. I'll tell you that, and yeah. uh, and that's on the coaching staff. They got to get those guys prepared to ready to play football, no matter who you're playing. Because you know as well as I do in the SEC, especially if you don't come to play, you're going to get beat. Yeah, and it, it had that familiar. It, it, it was a familiar feel to the kind of similar to that South Carolina game last year. Exactly, they were they just kind of seemed just didn't seem interested in the right. game. You, you're not saying that Missouri had all the 
plays. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying they had the signals. No. They signal them in? No. Missouri had that game circled uh, from last year. You yes. know, Tennessee – uh, scored 66 points on them last year and was throwing the ball at the end of the game, yeah. trying, trying to run the score mm-hmm. up. And uh, sometimes that will come back and bite you. And it, it and scored Saturday. a touchdown at the last few seconds, didn't they? They did. They, they did. And Eli Drinkwitz acting in on them. He he had this game circled. He said that after the game that they mm-hmm. they they had this game circled from last year. So. Payback is tough. It is. It is. Payback is tough. That's that's the clean way to say it. And so. now and now they got to play Georgia. Yes. And that's not going to go well. You know the the spread though is only eight and a half points. I can't figure that out. I, that, it's I thought it was low myself. So they might get up for this Georgia game since they got plummeted by Missouri. Correct. Well, I mean, it's like I think you or Scott said maybe they were looking ahead. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, well, well, now this game becomes very dangerous for Georgia. Because, oh, yeah. because if Georgia yeah. would happen to lose this game to a team that Tennessee's going to really fall in the rankings here, they might bounce out of the top 20 maybe. But if they do and, and Tennessee can muster up and the effort and beat Georgia, that jeopardizes Georgia's future going forward for that national title of getting that number one seed. It jeopardizes the SEC's future in the playoffs because if Georgia was to lose, even though they're already locked into the East and they were to go to Atlanta and win – I don't know if I mean who knows. I mean, if you if you have a what a Washington that finishes undefeated, and you've got a Michigan or Ohio State that finishes undefeated, and I mean, Florida State and Florida State finishes undefeated, this is this could be have some consequences to the, to the SEC. Yeah, uh, a one loss Texas is probably going to get in over Alabama. Correct. So, so well, Texas got rid of their coach, didn't it? Texas A and M. Texas A and M. A and M. Yeah. Now what? What's uh, is nothing? Seventy two million for a buyout. What kind of foolish stuff is this? It's what, called. You know? It's called oil money, Mister York. <laughs> oil money, <laughs> Mister York. Think about this. They didn't like him so much to coach that they paid him seventy something million not to coach. Yeah. Yeah, I understand y'all getting the collection. Try to get rid of me like that. <laughs> no, you're worth you're worth more than that, Mr. York. We couldn't afford it, <laughs> Mr. York. If we came up for seventy million to get rid of you, I think you'd take the check and gone. <laughs> yeah, I'd take it and run. <laughs> I'm cashing quick though, because Delk Road. You gotta be careful yeah, with Delk. Yeah, you don't know know if that eagle flies a different way on Delk's checks. <laughs> oh but, Lord! But you know, the question you ask yourself is, okay, so who do you get at A and M? Who do you get? Well, their I mean, record wasn't that bad, was it? I mean, it, uh, it was a little over 500, but there's something internally going on They there. just haven't been competitive for a national championship or even competitive to make it into the playoffs, and that's what's driving them crazy. But, I mean, how many— I'll re- give you one word—I'll give you two words, alumni association. Yeah. Well, how many people want to go to—or teenagers want to go to College Station? Well, you know what I mean. I mean, well, see, here's the problem: is next year you got Texas entering the SEC, correct? And Texas, like you said, is is only got one loss, and they've already played Alabama. And sorry, I'm sorry about this. They already played Alabama and beat Alabama. They did, and so they're looking at a pedigree of, hey, we're going to the SEC and we're holding our chest high. Here's Texas A&M, who's struggling, who's been in the SEC. They don't want to be the stepbrother. To, to 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 Texas in the SEC and get their castoffs, and so they've got to figure out. And, and I'm I'm searching college football, right? Who are you going to get that's going to inherit that program? And it's probably one of the one of the top twenty jobs in the country. And and you're going to be expected to win. And the facilities they have is 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 second to none. So who are you going to get? 
Kiffin. They'll maybe. find a high profile uh, offensive coordinator somewhere and, and promote him because I don't think any of the coaches are willing to move that that a high name right now. Well, most of them they talked about it are all locked up to long term deals. Right. I mean, that's it. I mean, that and how much money they're going to throw at somebody. I mean, if they're mm-hmm. going to offer somebody, an, uh, well, Jimbo had a ninety five million dollar guaranteed contract, guaranteed, yeah, guaranteed. So somebody's going to take it. Yeah. Somebody's got to take well, it. Well, I mean, you're going to start at the A-list and work yourself down. Yeah. Because you got to have a coach. You're going to make a bunch of people tell you no. Right. Here's a question. Do you ask Urban Meyer? Sure. I think he got If Michigan to. State doesn't do it before For, them. Before him. But yeah. if you're Urban Meyer and you're looking at Texas A&M or Michigan State, I think you're headed to College Station. Just on the resources you have, right? I still don't know if Urban wants to get back into this mess. You know, so that's the question is, who, yeah. who are you going to get? And you got to be able to get the transfer portals become huge, and you got to be able to utilize it and mm-hmm. and, and 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 deal with it. And well, if they you got, look at Dabo, he didn't really want to deal with it, and they he's paying for it. Yeah. Well, you know, at Texas, the one thing they do have in Texas, they have lots of money. Yes, they do to spend on football, and so you know, the NIL being able to lure uh, uh, athletes to, to College Station, especially with money, shouldn't be much of a problem. Which is really funny, is because and I, Mr. York, you may remember this: the old SMU when when they got the death penalty from the NCAA, right. every, everything SMU did back then that was illegal is now legal now. Yeah, you know, it's out funny. of word turns. Huh? Now, what, speaking of legal, illegal, what's going to happen to Michigan with this uh, call? Uh, so uh, they've suspended their coach. They suspended Coach Harbaugh from the, the sideline for the remainder of the regular season. So if he does happen to go to the national cha- a a playoff, he'd be eligible to go back on the sideline or the Big Ten championship. Or the Big Ten championship. Yeah, but yeah, can, but he can appear as a, a coach doing practice. He can go to practice during the week. He, he can uh, he can go up in the press box, you know. And so he's still he's still calling he's the still shots. Active. This is this this is the hand slap of of the Big Ten, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, I'll tell you what though, Michigan just keeps rolling along. They went to Happy Valley and played Penn State and pulled another victory out. It looks like it's coming down to the Ohio State game again. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorsales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. 
Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Dr. Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Has your back been bothering you for years? Can't play golf? Pick up the grandkids? Garden or exercise? Tried everything and nothing works? Call the Dr. Gill Center. We have successfully helped tens of thousands of patients in Middle Tennessee, and you could be next. Call 615-880-9774 and ask about our $49 special. That's 615-880-9774. Because back pain doesn't need to be a way of life. Call me, painfree.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shurex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trotwood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. 
Studios with me. Excuse me. My name's Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, has parked the bus, entered the building. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. And I'd like to wish all those veterans over the weekend. Mm. You had a long weekend. Happy Veterans Day. And hope you had a, a wonderful celebration uh, after being the protector of the United States of America. There we go. And uh, friend of the station, regular special guest, uh, Representative Scott Specky, how are you? Good morning, everybody. Hey, Mr. York, you're absolutely right. There was uh, celebrations all this weekend all over Murray County, uh, uh, thanking and commemorating those veterans. Uh, we even had a parade here on, on West mm-hmm. 7th on Saturday, and uh, the pancake breakfast went off without a hitch, very well attended. So uh, kudos to everybody involved in all those different events to to let people just take a pause. But remember those veterans, and, and do me a favor, if you see them out in a restaurant or you see them walking in, in Kroger, just go up and say thank you. It, it doesn't matter what day it is, just go up and say thank you for your service. There you go. And Mr. And, York, of course, you're a Navy veteran, and we thank you. Yeah, yeah and thank thank Mike over there on the board. His He's with the team of the Quilts for Valor that's made several presentations across the county of uh, Vietnam and World War II veterans. Uh, so they continue, his wife continues to work, and her team work real hard to try to recognize those veterans across Murray County. Yeah, they. Uh, I attended a ceremony at the factory Saturday afternoon where, I mean, I didn't do a count, but I'm guessing they uh, awarded about 35 quilts to veterans uh, of, of all services and all eras from Korea up until the present. Uh, and it was a it was a fabulous ceremony. And what Quilts of Valor is about is their their aim is they these ladies make these quilts, and their goal is to give a quilt a quilt of valor to every United States veteran, every veteran. And uh, they're working on it, and it, it's a, a an incredible organization. I think in in Columbia they operate in conjunction with the American League and American Legion Auxiliary. I think. I think if you if you want to know more about or perhaps volunteer, uh, contact the American Legion, and they can steer you in the in the right direction. Uh, but it's a it's a fabulous program. Uh, Veterans Day was awesome. We had the first Veterans Day that anybody can remember. Veterans Day parade. Uh, I watched it here. It went right by the front of the station here, West Seventh Street. It was a fabulous parade. Uh, people were having fun. Uh, from children to Korean War veterans, and uh, it, it was just it was just a big time. Mister York, what did you do for Veterans Day? I briefly I, I I have a friend that was a shipboard mate of mine. He lives in Chicago, Steve Cadage, and we had a long. We always have long conversations on Veterans Day, uh, but I didn't do much but reflect and call some of my fellow veterans and wish them Happy Veterans Day. Those that were actually on the ground in Vietnam. I have two classmates, Earl Martin, he lives in Baltimore, and uh, James Davis, who lives in my hometown. Talk to them. Oh, wow. Well, that's 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 a well, that that's meaningful to you. So I get it. Yeah. Delk, I saw a picture of Sam yesterday in the parade. He had his uh, naval cap on. He drove the, uh, the the Daughters of the American Revolution local chapter. I can't remember the name of the chapter, but he drove the float for them. Yeah, uh, like they, everybody had a good time. Oh, they they were having a big time. Is uh, it the one that's Tenassi? Is that the one Tenassi? 
it's like how they that used to sounds, say Tennessee. Uh, that sounds somebody's Something. name Tennessee. I'm not sure yeah, whether it's the DAR or somebody it's else. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey Mr. York, quick, quick question for you about your service. How old were you when you went in? 17. Parents had to sign. And, and, and where'd you Both do your... parents had to sign. Huh? Where, where'd you do your basic? Uh, San Diego. And then you were and then you were assigned a ship? No, I went to a class A school, radar school in mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco, Treasure Island. And then, and then to a ship. And, and what ship did you serve on, Mr. York? USS Nicholas DD449. In Taiwanese, it's Susu Q. Susu Q, okay. There you go. All right. Yeah, I was... yeah it, it was home ported out of Pearl Harbor. Uh, and we ran, we would attach to a carrier. Uh, organization coming from san diego or either from the east coast and go on station with the enterprise oriskany to brisbane all the major attack carriers and we did rescue up in the gulf of tonkin plus gunfire support in denang south of denang uh, and went into denang several times so you had a front row seat oh yeah front row seat. I, I was plotting for gunfire support and giving that information to, to fire control. 15-inch guns, 16 miles. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't realize that you had 15, 15-inch guns on essentially what a, a DG, a destroyer of some type? Yeah, it was a destroyer. Wow. Wow, that's a big gun. Were, big were they, the Iowa-class battleships, they were still active back then, were they? Yeah, yeah. You had a couple of cruisers, I think, were, were uh, I think, what was the crew? I can't remember the cruiser, but there was a cruiser that was actively engaged in, in combat. Okay. You know, uh, Scott, I was listening Friday morning when you and Sheila Hickman were doing Inside Middle Tennessee on this mm-hmm. station, and... Uh, Sheila, I think, was talking about the outbreak of the first war, mm-hmm. and she read a list of the uh, Murray County, at that time, young men who enlisted at the outbreak in 1917 when mm-hmm. the United States entered the first war. And you may or may not have noticed when she read the list of the uh, young men who joined the Navy, enlisted the Navy at that time, the 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 last, the last one on the list was John Finney. Well, that was my grandfather. Really, and uh, he enlisted in the Navy at the age of seventeen uh, in in nineteen seventeen, having been born in nineteen hundred, hmm. and uh, went into the war as a young sailor. But and he lived until uh, he died when I was eight years old. But I used to sit on his lap. He'd tell me about. How he was in the North Sea, and I don't know what kind of ship he was on, but that he was up on the rail of the ship and watched the German torpedo come by the bow of the ship, uh, not hitting the ship, but missing. Hmm. And, of course, at the time, uh, I just thought that was great fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> A little age, I realized it wasn't much fun. But. Well, well, Hey, Scott. Yes, sir. How I got in, my classmate and I, we both played football in high school. So he's sitting around. He said, what are we going to do? You going to school? I said, man, I don't have any money. I said, what about you? No, I don't have. So let's go join the Navy. So we went down to recruiter and took the test. The guy said the preliminary test. He said, you guys passed the test. He says, "Uh, when you want to leave? I looked at my classmate and he said, what about next week? (laughs) 
<laughs> I looked at him. I say, "You fool!" The recruiter say, "Sure." <laughs> and yeah. in two weeks after that, actually, didn't gave us an additional week. We were we were in San Diego. So was that your first time away from home, San Diego, L- like that? Oh uh, yeah, for that that far. But you know, I started school in Lincoln <clears throat> Elementary in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, as a as a preschooler, and then moved down south. But uh, my my classmate, he stayed in for twenty, I think twenty seven years. No kidding. He made lady. a career out of it. Oh wow. He lives in California, uh, Baker Richmond, California. Oh wow. Um, and let's miss York. So when you got out, how long were you in the Navy? Four years and two months. And so when you got out, uh, were you able, were you financially able? Is that how you? Uh, became enrolled in Grambling. I was running like a like a like a scald dog getting out of the Navy because I didn't want to go back to Vietnam for the fourth time. Hmm. So yeah, I I uh, met the requirements for entering Grambling while I was in the military and got out worked that summer, and then went to uh, had saved up some money when went had enough to start going to Grambling. That's awesome. And and the GI Bill assisted me. Uh, in in completing my studies there in biology and in chemistry. What what was it like at Grambling that time? It it was very. It wasn't riled up like I tell Delk all the time. Like some of the other colleges, we they accepted us wholeheartedly. We even established. I didn't even uh, pledge to a frat. Uh, we had a veterans club. We had close to a hundred guys that we bound together and had a veterans club. And oh, we did wow. a lot of community service on the campus of Gramlin, painting the parking areas, cleaning the cap, painting the cafeteria, ushering the football games. We did a lot of work on campus and we, we had, we were very co- compatible or comparable to what other service fraternities and sororities did on campus but we didn't have the spitting in your face and all that we didn't play that hmm. <laughs> well y'all had enough in the service yeah, the, yeah. Uh, uh, but we did a lot of good work at Gramlin, painting the cafeteria like i say uh, doing ushering at the football games sweeping and cleaning uh parking areas and the parking spaces so we were actually working and doing and we had very good support from the president at that time ralph uh, emerson jones who always looked to us as as, provide, as an asset, and he can always depend on us to do things around the campus. Yeah, Grambling, and folks, for those who may not know, I mean, I know all the people who follow sports know about Grambling, but Grambling is a historically black university in Louisiana. Um, I, I would gather very similar to Fisk here in, in uh, Middle Tennessee. Would, would that be about right? Yeah, and TSU. TSU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's got a, just uh, it's thousands of outstanding graduates, yeah. uh, athletes, uh, and uh, and academics. And, uh, yeah, I was. You know, I was in the class with uh, not in the class. Charlie Joner, uh, Frank Lewis, uh, watched Shaq Harris play. Uh, all those. Solomon Freelon was my good buddy. Al Dennis, who went to the pros. Both of those guys went to the pros, uh, and, and we we. We used to just hang out together from time to time, but they were all good guys, very level-headed, and I can see why they were very successful. Used to watch those training sessions, the practice sessions, Coach Rob and how he coached, how he demonstrated, 
and and kept those guys on an even keel and helped them to be very successful. Was yeah. it, was Eddie Robinson the head coach then? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he he was the master. He was young back then. And, and uh, yeah, 40s, I think probably he was 40s? in his forties. Probably his forties. Yeah. And to put this in perspective, though, as I've always understood it, Miss York, when you've talked about it, uh, this was right in the era when. I mean, Grambling may have been outsized uh, in its uh, at athletic accompl- accomplishments in that uh, in the 50s and 60s, black players had not always been welcomed so much at the predominantly white schools. So as uh, right in the late 60s, early 70s, as the really good black players started to migrate somewhat toward the the predominantly white schools, Alabama, universities, Tennessee, yeah. Georgia, that uh, Grambling lost a lot of its a lot of its talent. Uh, yeah, that, we put something like two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty guys into the pros. Uh, Buck Buchanan, Ernie Ladd was some of the first ones. Willie uh, uh, Williams was, was defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of guys went on through and 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 did well. You know. Yeah, I can always tell when you talk about it uh, that that you you know you remember your days there fondly. That uh, it was a very positive experience for you, and, and uh, you know that's that's um, that's all good. Yeah, it's like take, taking a, a an embalmed cat to your room and having to study and learn the circulatory, the reproductive, the digestive system, along with a partner, and people tease you while you're taking the cat home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Enjoy your breakfast, Murray County. (laughs) Yeah, let's have a break on that one. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa, hold on. It's way too early for that. Hello, this is Rick and Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Christmas is getting closer. Let Tillis Jewelry help make this holiday season a little less stressful. Did you know we offer layaway? Come in, select the perfect gifts for your loved ones, put 20% down, and then pay it off before Christmas. And you know we carry a great selection of -of one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage jewelry, diamonds, and more. Stop by and let us help you find that perfect gift. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Take advantage 
advantage of Hiller's biggest sale ever on HVAC systems this month. Get up to $2,600 off select new HVAC systems from now until November 15th. If you know you'll need a replacement soon, now is the time. With Hiller's biggest sale ever, you'll save thousands and keep your family warm all winter. Get up to $2,600 off. Visit happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Delk Kennedy, I am dude number three, dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. I got a little tidbit after you introduce our next guest. Okay. And friend of the station, mm-hmm. uh, Representative Scott, <coughs> Scott Specky. Good morning, Good morning everybody. All right. What's up, Mr. York? You know, you, you talk about the 60s, Delk, and what was going on during the 60s, and reason why I, I applaud Grambling and so proud of it as a school and institution that I attend is because they were a really a open and multicultural school during that era. We had students from Michigan that were Caucasian, uh, California. We had uh, uh, people from foreign Nigeria or uh, in uh, uh, Gambia. We had a whole host of different ethnic groups going to Grambling. And many students did what they called during that time an exchange program. We even had a, a young man who came from California who was Caucasian, Jim Gregory, that graduated the same time I was. He was the first Caucasian quarterback at Grambling. 
Oh wow! And and he wrote a book called The White Tiger. Mm-hmm. So so he had an experience of playing football for Coach Rob and being coached by Coach Rob. And I think we graduated at the same time. Wow. I, so I can tell. Ramlin was very multicultural during that period. It wasn't just a black school, per se. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you've talked about it often in the uh, couple, three years we've been doing this, and I, it's always with a smile on your face, and you can tell it's a very positive experience. It led to a very successful career. And uh, so and my ears are always open to, uh, you know, when – somebody's had a positive educational experience to try to figure out you know just uh, well for debates on this show for instance but duck i got a question from mr yeah, york to, it's to very to, yeah to try to figure out why it was successful and and you know perhaps think about where uh that success could be brought to other places but go scott so go. the question i have and this is a very important question for a grambling alumni who has the better band, Southern or Grambling? Man, you shouldn't even ask that question. We are in the National NCAA Hall of Fame as a band. The only HBCU in the world. You know what's amazing is they have that they have that that, that football game at the end of the year between Southern and Grambling. Yeah, and, the weekend and, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's like everybody comes, but they don't come to see the football game. They come to see the band competition at halftime. Right. The Bayou Classic. The Bayou They'll Classic. They'll have uh, uh, step shows. They'll have band competition. And then on that Saturday during the game, it's mesmerizing. Yes. It's nationally televised, too, on NBC. Yeah, it's on CBS. We need to see if we can convince Grambling Grambling to come up here and march a Mule Day for us and put on a show. I just remember when Carver Smith had a band. And, man, of course, I was, what, 11, 12 years old when Carver Smith was closed. But when I I was a boy in the 60s watching that Carver Smith band come by on Christmas parade, they were unbelievable. (laughs) If if you look at most HBCU bands, they are very good. Florida A&M, Alabama A&M, Jackson State, TSU. Tennessee State has just uh, got a Grammy uh, for the band playing there. So, you know. Uh, but all those bands are very competitive, and they they put on a good show whenever they appear. Uh, you know, but I still think my my band is the number one in the world. <laughs> there you go. You you, we've traveled to foreign countries, up and down. You know, all over the place, and appeared in in the in the Super Bowl. First HBCU band to appear in the Super Bowl. So we've done a lot of good things at Gremlin. Uh, by communicating music that reaches everybody, no, no matter what your ethnic group is, you know, and that's gonna, that's going to segue though into a question I have, and I do not have an answer to this question at all. I don't have an answer in mind. Uh, the uh, and I can't remember the figure when uh, Joanne McClellan and Tom Price did the exhibit on, I believe it's called Voices and Votes, and. Uh, in the Murray County Library, which was there, I think, in August and September. It was a great exhibit. If you missed it, uh, I guess you just missed it, but it was awesome. But they had a uh, the Smithsonian sent down a, an, an exhibit of voices and votes throughout history, you know, black voices, black votes. Uh, throughout history of the United States, uh, Joanne and Tom, uh, Joanne McClellan, the county historian, Tom Price, the county 
archive has put together an exhibit uh, uh, on a similar theme for Murray County. And, of course, there was a and there was some quote there were one of the they they identified black voices who had been influential in Murray County history and i can't remember the man's name but uh he advocated in 69 70 and 71 that Carver Smith not be closed now exactly what his of course Carver Smith was folks I'm making assumptions about what people know. Carver Smith was, you know, we had separate schools in the 50s and 60s uh, in Murray County. You had black schools, and you had schools for white students. And Carver Smith was the black high school uh, located uh, just off East East 8th Street over there. Uh, and But this fellow, who was a, a black voice black leader at the time uh and and so what the murray county school board was doing at that time in response to court orders for desegregation this the school board said the easiest way to do this is just to close all the black schools and everybody would be sent to the to the white schools which would then be integrated schools but this fellow advocated that Carver Smith not be closed, and exactly what his vision was, I don't really know. But, uh, Mr. York, does that make sense to you? Would that have been a good idea? And I know I'm short on details. Yeah, I think so. Since, you know, not, not having any foresight about the growth of the county, you know, it's just like Horace O. Porter School. That's still a, a genuine building that could be a, an elementary school if it was ever converted. But uh, they took and, and sold that Carver Smith to some apartment developer, and they made apartments out of it. Hmm. Well, That's I mean, why I know we had to we had to do the wiring to tr- to try to give people telephone service over there. But yeah, I think that should have that should have remained a school. Well, should have remained a predominantly black school. No, I don't think it should. It should have followed the guidelines of the law it could have been an uh an integrated school just like any other school was you know but it was the fear in murray county i think from what i've heard from people that live here that that area was was not a good area because of surrounded by black residents you know a lot of caucasians uh, felt uneasy with their children over there and that's why they closed it so you know that that still maintains a the same stigma today like redlining neighborhoods you know well i'm not saying that's not correct uh there were of course that carver smith was not the only black school around the county that was closed uh matter of fact as recently as the 20s and 30s there had been i I can't remember like there were i mean every little neighborhood around the county there were like 20 or 30 black schools scattered around the county um yeah, they had a school in Macedonia that I found out later after I got here. But, yeah, yeah they had a lot of small schools scattered around elementary schools. And, and yes, yeah, cer- certainly if you're going to go to one system, you're going to use the resources you got. And the small schools may get left out, you know. But Carver Smith was a nice size school for an elementary school or a high school and should have been maintained in the system. 
Yeah, I was just curious about your thoughts on that. And and speaking of Carver Smith, this Friday night, they're going to have, presented by the Columbia Peace and Justice Initiative, uh, Legacy Night. And it's going to be kind of a throwback theme as uh, Columbia Central will be wearing Carver Smith uniforms. uh, And they'll be going by their uh, former mascot, the Yellow Jackets, as they're going to host White's Creek this Friday over at uh, Columbia Central High School, and they, that starts at six o'clock. Uh, the girls' game. There's going to be a uh, Carver Smith alumni reception at five p.m., uh, and then uh, the game will start at six thirty. So that'll be on one hundred three point seven WKRM, and we look forward to to being there for that. Hmm. All right, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, all right. I'm going to move on to another topic, although that, that, that topic is, um, I mean, I, I'll say this being, you know, I mean, I, I came of age, turned 21, what, in 1976 or 77. But it seemed like to me in the early 70s that Carver Smith was something we wanted to put behind us, that uh, the, the entire community wanted to, you know, move ahead with integrated schools and put segregated schools behind us. And so Carver Smith was sort of a bad memory uh, in that era, a memory of something that, you know, just a segregated school that shouldn't have been. So I'm I'm delighted, you know, now Carver Smith's being remembered fondly and honored, celebrated, and so are its grads, and rightfully so. Uh, but it's but just, see, Dale, it, it makes me reflect. It happened all over the country, really. People don't yeah. may not be aware. A lot of areas that were they had to follow the desegregation plan. They closed the predominantly black schools and had busing. Busing became an issue then. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bus our kids, so that became a big issue. But they didn't mind busing the minority kids to schools. So it happened all over the country. It was a transitional period that people had to get adjusted to. And now you don't hear people screaming about busing anymore, do you? Because everybody's got to be bused just about. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was the 70s, early 70s were a tumultuous era, era in um, education. And you're right. We were doing something new. And it's at least that part of it is behind us. Uh, although... Yeah, I, I'm going to leave that one. I'm, I want to get back. I want to get back to Scott Specky. I noticed the we had a big, big. Yeah, let's beat up on him a while. Yeah, let's beat up on him, Mister Yard. <laughs> the, uh, Just joking, Scott. Just joking. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot about public education and where it should go and how it should be, and and that topic is still out there. Um, you know, and and Carver Smith was closed, and so we, we've got the schools now that we have to work with. So that's where we are. But here's 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 uh, a topic that has an, uh, an immediate horizon here in Tennessee. The uh, committee on the federal funds is still continuing to have hearings. And Scott, you've been sitting in on that, have you not? That's correct. They'll have uh, two meetings tomorrow. Uh, on Tuesday and one more on Wednesday and then they're going to reevaluate where they are and then if they want to have more meetings they will continue on Uh, we're supposed to be having more uh, testimony from the Department of Education uh, teachers principals administrators this week trying to figure out is it if if we do not take this money 
and supplant it with state money equaling the same amount of money, is there an advantage in the classrooms for our students and our teachers? And that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, if there's if there is a tangible benefit to our teachers and our students for doing this, I would think the committee would probably recommend doing it. If there's not a tangible benefit, better educational outcomes, better classrooms, better teachers, then I, I, honestly, I don't see why you do it. Well, okay. Scott, one of the things is that you all may consider modifying some of the, since you talk about and, and critical of the strings, mm-hmm. you might just get some modification of those uh, plans that you have, but you're going to have to have some concrete plans from the state like other states do. And, and according to my research, the re- restrictions that other states have put on federal dollars is stricter than the federal government. And that's correct. And that's one of the things we've talked about, Mr. York, is maybe after we look at this, whatever we decide, maybe we need to look internally at ourselves as a state and see if the, if we're putting uh, burdensome or onerous things on our school system and see if we can re- remove them, especially if they are redundant of things that, that are done at the federal level, just use their data to give us the information we want and maybe, maybe streamline the classroom. So I would, I would think, Mr. York, that once a decision is made on the federal, I would think that there might be a bill run next year to convene a committee to look internally at our own systems to see if there's, if there's problems with the way we do business in Tennessee. And, and well, I think the, the major problem is going to be getting good, highly qualified people into position. That's the bottom line. You mean as teachers, Mr. York? Yeah, as teachers. And if you were, if we're not growing good professional teachers, then all the money, like you say, is going down a rat hole. There we go. We should have started on that topic earlier. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, folks. Bye-bye, Ray. You can make money.